Welcome to the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. This is the place where you'll learn cutting-edge personal brand strategies from today's most recognizable influencers. We're going to teach you how to build a rock-solid reputation and then how to turn that reputation into revenue. I'm your lead host, Rory Vaden, co-founder of Brand Builders Group, Hall of Fame speaker, and New York Times bestselling author of Take the Stairs. Well, one of my favorite quotes is from a Navy SEAL, my friend Navy SEAL Joe, and he said, Rory, the human body can take damn near anything. Mm. It's the mind that needs conditioning. And today I'm going to introduce you to someone who is a new friend of mine, a client of ours, and an expert on high performance mindset. His name is Todd Durkin. And when I say he's an expert on high performance mindset, we're going to hear some of his story. But just to give you a frame of reference, he has been part of the mental and conditioning coach for people like Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, and UFC champion Mike Chandler. So we're talking some of the premier athletes in the world. Todd is also the author of the book called Get Your Mind Right, and that's why I brought him here today. He's going to help us get our mind right and stay in that high-performance mindset. So, brother, welcome to the show. Man, Rory, thank you for that introduction. Great to be here. Yeah, it would be wrong not to give a shout out to our man, Bob Wheatley, who is one of our clients and one of our team members and one of my favorite humans who I really respect. And that's obviously how we met met you. You were his coach, right? Yeah, Bob used to come down and train in San Diego at my gym, Fitness Quest 10, when he was a pitcher at USC. And every year he and his brother Brent would come down and train with me in preparation for his season. And then ultimately Bob became a professional pitcher. But the Wheatley family is an amazing family. And when Bob reconnected a few years ago after his professional career. He said, Hey, I'm working with this guy, Rory Vaden and brand builders group. And I'm like, what's that? Bob came on my podcast. We talked about you. (laughs) And I'm like, I got to meet this guy, Rory. And that's how we got connected, Rory. I love it. I love it. Well, so I want to hear about what it takes to have the kind of mental conditioning at this, you know, elite athlete level, elite entrepreneurs. I know you also coach entrepreneurs, especially now in recent years, but like, tell us a little bit about the backstory first. So you mentioned your gym, How did you kind of get into where you're at now? Yeah, well, one thing I always say, and I've said for 23 years in working with those athletes and entrepreneurs is this, get your mind right, get your mind right, get your mind right. But the reason I say that is because I want to know how you get your mind right when your mind's not right when you're struggling or when you're down, or let's say you used, you know, you're a high performer, but maybe you're overwhelmed or you're stressed or you're depressed or you're down or life threw you a curveball. I've really set my life to be one where I was the underdog, right? Growing up, youngest of eight kids, parents were divorced, earned a college football scholarship. And when I went overseas to play professional football in the World League, I hurt my back and three herniated discs, spinal stenosis, degenerative back disease. And at the age of 25, my dream of playing in the NFL was shot. I'm like, what do I do now? Because from five to 25, I want to be a pro NFL quarterback. And I did a lot of soul searching. I had to heal my back pain without surgery, ideally, which I did. And I was like, man, what am I going to do next? And that led me down this five-year circuitous route to ultimately open my own gym. And being from the East Coast, I was born and raised in New Jersey and moved to San Diego after living in 13 cities in five years to heal my back. 
I opened my gym with no clients, no money, and no business plan. Not a good way to open a business. No clients, no money, no business plan. And all of our mission-driven messengers out there, you could probably laugh and smile about how when you started your business, what that was like. But that's how I started. And it was with a heart to try to serve. And that's how it all got started in year 2000. Uh huh. And then you, so through the gym, you started meeting some of these local yeah. athletes and started coaching. Right. So what happened was I started working with everybody. Didn't matter who, like it wasn't athletes. I did not work with athletes. It was anyone who would come in because I had to pay the bills. And I'd laugh now because I was working with people from teens on up to people in their 70s, obese, non athletes, tennis players, you name it. I worked with them. But And through a fortuitous or not moment, I met a guy named Vaughn Parker. Vaughn Parker was the starting left tackle for the then San Diego Chargers. And I actually did body work and massage therapy and rolfing along with training. Vaughn had a bad back. So when I worked with Vaughn, session number one, I've got him on this table and doing all this hip rotator release technique. And, you know, he had just signed a $20 million year deal, which was a a lot of money. It's a lot of money now. It was a lot of money in year 2002. Well, the table, Rory, when I was working with him, broke in half with oh. him lying on the table. 310 pound <laughs> left tackle for the single chargers. It breaks in half. I'm like, oh my, oh my gosh. My first pro athlete, table breaks in half. He's lying on the floor saying, what just happened? I'm like, I'm not sure. But I had just watched this VHS tape on Thai massage. So I take off my shoes. I start doing this Thai massage work because what do you do? You bootstrap it. You figure out what to do. And he's like, this is amazing. This is wonderful. How long you've been doing this work? I'm like, this is like the first session I've ever done with Thai massage. But I had a, a background in body work. Well, Vaughn, after that session, was like, that was the most amazing work. The San Diego Chargers, we'd love to have you come down and do some work in the team room after the games to stretch us out, do body work. And lo and behold, I become the sports therapist for the San Diego Chargers. I met LaDainian Tomlinson, the first round pick for the Chargers, Drew Brees. That's how they ultimately became clients of mine because one guy named Vaughn Parker brought me to the Chargers for two years. I trained those guys and did all their body work. Ladanian came into my gym. He brought Drew into the gym. I'd been training Drew now for 22 years. And the rest is history because in the athlete world, it's all word of mouth. And in 23 years of my career in the fitness world, a lot of doors have opened up, but it was my pain and my back injury that all of a sudden these guys would come in like, man, I got a bad back, my bad back. And that was my vehicle to change lives. And for the better part of two decades, what I've learned is that physical pain often precedes your deepest purpose. And even the last three years of the pandemic, I can tell you what, in doing a lot of depth work and helping people overcome the mindset aspect of you know being down and out. Ladanian wrote the foreword to my first book, The Impact Body Plan. Drew wrote the foreword to my Get Your Mind Right book because I don't care if you're a high level you know, athlete or you're an entrepreneur, you, you have a successful business or not, mindset is everything, energy is everything. And what I've learned is my gift is in mindset and helping people get their minds right, especially when their minds aren't right, because I've been down that road multiple times of how you got to fight for your mindset, your heart set and your soul set. Yeah. So I want to talk about that because, I mean, obviously you mentioned COVID, like it's been Mm -hmm. a heavy last few years for the whole world. And, you know, in the United States, we got a lot of political divide. We got COVID and controversy over vaccines and, you know, all this George Floyd and all of these 
you know, massive external things that are happening. But then it's like alcohol is, you know, through the roof, anxiety and depression and all that sort of stuff. So like, talk us through that. If your mind's not right, like, what's the first step do you do? Like when you say, get your mind right and you go, okay, walk me through, how do I get myself out of that spot? I want to get deep on you for a moment because I believe everyone's got a struggle. I think everyone has a struggle. Even the most successful athletes and entrepreneurs in the world have a struggle. And the last few years, there's been a struggle on some level, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, there's a struggle. And a lot of times the struggles, especially amongst men, we don't talk about it many times, but I know in a lot of the people who I've been working with, there's a struggle mentally, mindset, overwhelmed, maybe anxiety, maybe depression. Maybe they feel like they're off their North Star. And man, I used to be, everything was flowing and now everything's a push. And I'm like, brother, sister, I feel you. I know. Because Rory, that back pain I had 25 years ago, for me, it resurfaced in the middle of the pandemic. Why? Hmm. Well, because I have the mentality of I'm going to save the world. This isn't a good thing, by the way, because I took on the onus of I'm going to save all the people I work with in my coaching groups. I'm going to save all the gyms in the world. I'm going to save my own gym. And I literally said this, get on my back, get on my back. We got this. We got this. Well, my body broke nine months into the pandemic. My knee started hurting. I had a second knee replacement, 52 years old knee replacement. Six weeks after that, my back starts killing me. I spent all of 2021 in debilitating back pain where they told me I needed a massive fusion of my back. Here I am, Rory, I'm a coach, I'm a trainer. I've had all this success in the fitness world and I'm breaking physically and mentally. Because when you're in pain, it's all consuming in your head and you, you can't get out of your own head. And here I am. I just wrote a book, June of 2020. It came out, Get Your Mind Right. And here I am, the mind right maniac guy. And my mind, I'm like, I am practicing everything I say in the book. I'm like, God, why are you putting this on my plate? Why are you putting this on my plate? So when I say, you know, how do you get your mind right when your mind ain't right? There were times even the last couple of years, I had to fight like mad to get my mind sure. right myself personally. And what I found was the more I shared that, the more people were opening up and like, they'd be DMing me or hitting me up like, hey, Todd, like, man, if they only knew, like, my marriage is good, my family's good, you know, business is good. But let me tell you, I am really struggling right now. I'm like, okay, where are we at? Like, number one, like, I want to make sure you don't do anything stupid for yourself personally, but I want to make sure that, you know, you start to feel in alignment again. And when you say, where do you start? For me, this is me personally, I'm a man of faith. We got to look at all your core values and are you living in alignment with that? Because let's face it, when you look back at your struggles, it's always the struggles that ultimately allow us to go to that place that allow us to grow. But none of us love pain. None of us love struggle. But in the last three years, it's those struggles that ultimately allow us to find what we're all searching for. Fulfillment, joy, peace, happiness, harmony in our lives. These are the things that we truly want. And where do we start? I think it's with a lot of tapping into the whispers. I call it my book, Tapping into the Whispers, is what's God revealing to you? Where do you need to go? Do you need to slow down? Do you need to speed up? Do you need to spend more time with your kids and become a better father or mother? And to me, it starts with a lot of internal doing the work and talking to a coach or someone, a therapist or even a doctor about where it's at is, how do you get your mind right? You do that soul searching it takes. Now, I can tell you all the things you need. Okay, you need to be working out. What if you can't work out? 
I, I couldn't work out when my back and knee were all jacked up. I mean, I'm crawling in my backyard thinking, I got to get my mind right. I know movement's a key part of it. I talk about it all the time. But what if you're so in pain, you're debilitating, you're on a couch, and you're like, man, I need to take a nap all the time. I'm exhausted because pain is killing me. So to me, it's like you got to fight like mad and have other people around you. I call them fire-breathing dragons. How do you surround yourself with fire-breathing dragons that'll say, you know what? Get your tail up, get your booty up and move. I don't care if you take a five-minute walk, you listen to a great podcast like yours, Rory. You listen to some great music, and whether that be gospel music or old school music, hip-hop music, you move your body, you listen to the right messaging, you listen to that message that's going to really heighten your vibration so you can operate at a different level, and you fight like mad for your identity. Well, and I pick up the move your body thing, which is really huge. Well, I heard you before that when you're talking about like listening to the whispers, it, yep. it almost seems like you're, you know, there's like a part of like listening to your body, listening to your soul, listening to God, listening to whatever term you want to use of interpreting that signal about what needs to happen and what do you need to do? Like, how do you tap into that? You develop a routine in the morning, in the quiet time where you sit there in silence See, silence is the hardest exercise you'll ever do. Be like, hey, what's the hardest exercise you do with the, the guys in the gym? I'm like, it's called meditation or prayer. And you just sit there in silence and you listen. I used to think prayer was, you know, talking to God. And you're praying like, dear God, can you please bless all my problems? And I got these challenges. And through a lot of work with my pastor and mentor, a lot of prayer is actually listening and listening and tapping in. And tapping in the whispers means this. I believe that when you hear shouts, it's ego. And when you hear whispers, it's God. So if there's these shouts going on all the time, it's probably your ego saying, I need to do this or I need to do that. But if you consistently journal your whispers and day after day after day, it's saying what I was writing down in 2020, 2021 is slow down, slow down, slow down, slow down. For months, I was journaling the same thing, slow down. How do you slow down when the world is so fast or when you're trying to figure things out, your mind is racing and it creates anxiety? How do you slow down? And one thing I've always said, and I've watched some of the best athletes in the world do this, and I've come up with the good ones could speed a game up and the great ones can slow it down. The good ones could speed a game up. The what do you mean by that? What I mean by this is this. I'm an athlete. I'm a coach. As a coach, you look at the world's best athlete. Think about a two-minute drill. A two-minute drill is, if you ever watch a quarterback go down the field in a two-minute drill, while it's really happening fast, everything is beautifully slow, and he's in control of the rhythm of a game. Life is the same way. It's really fast right now. There's a lot of things going on. A lot of decisions have to be made. You're trying to juggle your family and all of the things with your business and revenue and payroll and the team and leadership, and it can be overwhelming. But when you can slow the insides down, where you can actually control and not get anxiousness or anxiety, or you're constantly just reacting to everything, I believe the best entrepreneurs and business folk in the world actually operate slowly. And that's hard to do. So I liken the athlete to the successful businessman or businesswoman who can slow things down. At least in my world, the last several years is when I'm operating at my best, the insides are actually slowed down, despite everything on the outside world is really, really fast. When I react to the speed on the outside, all of a sudden now my anxiety will start to heighten. I feel overwhelmed. 
I feel like, man, I've got 50 things going on and I need to really reduce this. And Rory, we talked about this on my podcast because you talked about what you you shared with Lewis Howes going from 17 to three. It's how do we simplify? Hi, it's AJ Vaden, and thanks for listening to the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. Did you know that the ideas we share on the show are things we actually specialize in helping you implement? If you want to raise your public profile and turn your reputation into revenue, please visit freecall.brandbuildersgroup.com to sign up for a free brand strategy call with one of our personal brand strategists. Again, that's freecall.brandbuildersgroup.com to sign up for your free call. Talk to you soon. You know, it's the simplification process is really complex, but for me, it's how you slow things down early in the morning before people get up, you sit down. And if you open up a blank notebook or a journal and you just sit there and listen for a minimum of five minutes and then start to write, that's part of your morning routine. And yes, exercise and movement is is a part of that. But if you can tap into the whispers and slow things down and really listen, whether you call it meditation, whether you call it prayer, whether you call it quiet time, I believe that is going to allow you to get you some inner peace and to really tap into the profound wisdom that's already there versus just reacting to the day. Boom, 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 boom. You think that like, you know, like I'm thinking about Mike Chandler, so I don't follow UFC that close, but like, I know he said he's fighting Conor McGregor coming up and like, that's the real deal. Like. How does somebody like that incorporate quiet time or slowing down their mind? Is it something that happens before a match? Does it happen during a match also somehow? Yep. Yeah. It's a good question. Let's face it. If you're a UFC fighter, you got to train like mad because it is metabolically one of the hardest things you'll ever do. Those guys are, and I mean, they're insane. insane. But let me liken it to this. All of us should be training with that same intensity. We should all be training with that same intensity. Now, it might not replicate, you know, what Mike Chandler, who is prepping for Conor McGregor as we speak right now, but that intensity when training, and if you're a 40 or 50 or a 60-year-old man or woman, you have to be training with the intensity that is going to allow you to release all of the angst and anxiety and stuff on the inside so that when you feel, when you're done with your workout, you feel more at peace. And now you're not being run over by overwhelm or anxiety. That's the first aspect. You say training with the intensity. You're talking about like physically. I'm talking physical working out. Physically moving in a way that's comparable to release the internal turmoil. 100%. Now, when that's done, the best time like Mike would do is then when you've got all the junk out of the trunk, as I would call it, now tap in and take 5, 10, 15 minutes of quiet time to reflect on the inside. Because Mike, who is in great shape and great condition, like an NFL athlete would be as well, then it's Mike is a man of faith. Mike's going to be in prayer. Mike in the locker room is going to be very calm prior to that fight. Now, in the cage, you're going to be a little, you know, you're going to unleash it a little bit. But if you get too hyped up, you start what? Hyperventilating. You get short of breath. And breath, what I would say is this. 
I said this to Drew Brees. I asked him this question. When you're coming out in front of a, a 70, 80,000 people, are you hyperventilating and you're stressed or are you relaxed? He said, well, a little bit of both because I know that someone's trying to kill me. So if you realize that every one of us has 18 to 22,000 breaths a day, if you take a deep breath right now, you have 18 to 22,000 breaths a day. How can you slow your breath down to number one, be thankful and grateful for breath and realize that if you can slow your breath down in the midst of a fire, in the midst of a fight, in the midst of chaos and turmoil, then you can operate more functionally. So to answer your question, Mike is in tremendous physical shape, but he's also going to be tremendously disciplined in the practice of prayer and quiet time as well in the mental preparation. The mental preparation for that fight is visualization. Can you envision the game a thousand times before you play the game? I would tell a high school athlete like I would tell an entrepreneur before going to a big meeting or like Mike's going to fight Connor. You're going to fight that fight a thousand times before you fight that fight because mentally you've got to make sure that you can visualize. You've got to smell what you're going to smell in the ring, in the cage. You're going to smell it. You're going to visualize it. You're going to see it when you're walking out. You're going to feel the music. You're going to feel it so you can be relaxed in that situation. The power of the mind is amazing. So if you can use that visualization every single day to manifest what you want to manifest, that's the power of, for anyone who might be listening, like, man, I lost myself. I used to. I used to have the edge. I used to have the mojo. I've got my butt kicked, my tail's between my legs. Fear not, my friend. You can get it back. You just got to get aligned with those habits, those values, and make sure that we capture that mojo and that edge, just as a Mike Chandler would do, a Drew Brees would do, an entrepreneur would do, is get it back because we don't want to be that PIP, that previously important person. We want to be that VIP that we have it, but like that self-talk, oh man, I don't know. Am I too old? Man, I'm getting my butt kicked. I, I don't know if I still got that edge. I don't have the energy levels. Like, Stop. Stop telling yourself these things because the self-talk gets ingrained and gets wired in your brain just as Someone that's at the elite level at 25 to 35 years old, physically performing at their best, stop telling yourself what you can't do and start using positive self-talk that will allow you to operate back in the position that you used to be. Talk about the difference, right? So when you think about a Drew Brees, an Aaron Rodgers, you know, these are the premier mm. performers. Ladanian Tomlinson in his time was, you know, one of the greats. My God, what is separating them from everyone else? Because you go, I mean, to get to the NFL, don't you have to do all these things? I mean, to even be there, don't you have to have self-talk and you have to be training hard and you have to have visualization? You, you know, I don't know how many of them do quiet time or journaling, but certainly controlling your breath. I mean, certainly the physical regimen, I think. Yeah. But then you go, you know, to me, those things don't even represent like to me, those are almost like the price of admission to getting to the league. It's not, you know, like what separates Drew Brees from, you know, any other NFL quarterback. I mean, or do you think it does? Do you go, no, there's quarterbacks in the NFL. They're not doing that kind of routine with their mental conditioning like they are with their physical conditioning. There are quarterbacks that aren't. There are but some that aren't. Absolutely. I'm okay. talking really about the elite of the elite. How do you become elite? And I would say there's two things. One is extreme discipline. And now that sounds rhetorical, but when I say extreme discipline, in nine years of training Ladanian Tomlinson, I can't count on one hand the times that he was late or ever missed a session, ever in nine years. 
He'd be on early. He'd be doing his mobility work. He'd warm up on the treadmill. You could see him prepping. If he wore that little headband, I knew he was being serious today. But he always showed up. Now, were there times where he didn't feel like it? 100%. But he also told me, hey, I want to be better than Emmett and Walter, and I'm going to train to be the best to ever play the game. Now, whether he's the best to ever play the game or not, it's not important. What's important was his desire matched his discipline. Right? And he did that. Drew Brees, people will tell you when you when you were around Drew in the 20 years that he was playing and training here with Darren Sproles and and all the guys he trained with, uh, you know, everyone from, you know, Chase Daniel and and Zach Ertz and Gerald McCoy and Sproles, all these guys. Drew made everyone better. Why? People say, why do those guys come to you? Do you what do you do that's different? I believe the best of the best need someone to hold them accountable and get their mind right. Because who's going to call people out when you're at the top of the game? I didn't understand in 2006 when Ladanian won the MVP and he said this to me, what's next? What's next? It made me think like Rocky four, when, you know, you lose your passion, you take all your passion and you lose it. And, and that like, what's next? Like, what do you mean? We do it again. I didn't understand that when I was in my early 30s of like, what's next? Just let's run it back, LT. But what he was saying was, I need a bigger dream. I need something to keep me fueled up. Because when you have reached what you may have believed is your pinnacle of your career, and maybe you've tapped out at a certain financial level, or you don't know how to continue to operate year after year after year at the highest level, what I have learned is it's mindset. So when I say extreme discipline and mindset are the two things that separate all of the world-class high performers I've ever worked with, it's one thing to get to the top. And I love the climb, but man, oh man, it is a far different thing to stay at the top knowing that man, I got to recreate and reinvent myself to get to another dream. You know, Pastor Jeremiah, he's not an athlete, but let me tell you, at 82 years old, I've had the opportunity to train this guy for seven years. This guy inspires me. He's always like, how do I get to the next level? I'm like, Doc, you're one of the top, the top pastors in the world and have a huge following. Like, how do you do that? Extreme discipline and mindset at 82 years old to say, we ain't done yet. The best is yet to come. I'm like, man, I, I got to pick up my game. That's when you talk about iron sharpens iron. You put yourself on other coaches or entrepreneurs or other mission-driven messengers, as you would say, Rory. Man, now you get inspired. When you go to a live event and I've been at your live event, I'm like, dang. Gabrielle, like, fires me up. Ryan fires me up. When you're around other people who fire you up, your mind all of a sudden, like, man, I got to pick it up. We all need that. Extreme mm -hmm. discipline, extreme discipline and mindset. The mindset of, I ain't done yet. I got to find something to go deeper. I need a coach to take me there. I need someone to, to sharpen my sword or call me out. Like, I call Drew out or Ladanian out or any of my, any of these guys that aren't doing the things the way they need to, I'll call them out. Most people won't call people out. If you're already successful, they'll kiss your tail. We don't need more tail kissers. We need people that are going to call us out and, and say, hey, you got more in the tank, but you need to pick it up and stop drinking the way you're drinking. You alluded to that. Or, hey, why are you doing that stupid habit? It's all about habit. So why are you not taking your quiet time? Why not working out the way you, you need to work out? Like when you get some serious accountability in your life and you're like, hey, let's pick it up because you got more in the tank. Versus settling for mediocrity because now it's like we just kind of like settle. It's nothing worse than settling for mediocrity. I hate it. I hate it myself. If I've ever been stuck, I'm like, man, I got to pick it up. I got to do something. Go to a personal growth workshop. 
hire a coach, read a great book, like get around people that are actually inspiring you. Make sure you're going to the gym and working out, getting in an environment. These are things that you know, and you got to stop doing the stupid habits that get you in trouble, eating like garbage, drinking too much alcohol, doing other knucklehead things that we sometimes as humans do. Recalibrate, reignite, and re-inspire. Mm-hmm. How do you get yourself to go to the gym when you don't want to? I mean, like- Show up. Uh, Show up. So just don't even worry about it? Go. Just go? Go. Just sh- go. The heaviest way in the, in the gym is the front door. Or if you're really like, man, I'm re- I know that, but I'm not doing it. I'm weak in the flesh. Then hire an appointment with a trainer. Where I come from the background. I've been in the training world for almost 25 years. And my gym, Fitness Quest 10, it's built on accountability. Now I'm doing less training these days and focusing on you know the entrepreneurs and athletes that I want to work with. But the bottom line is this. If you really want to show up, then set an appointment with your trainer in your respective community. And I've got folks, if you don't know, I don't know any good trainers, then reach out to me and I'll set you up with a trainer in your community because I know them worldwide. And watch what happens when you have a session once or three times a week at 6 a.m., 12 noon, 6 p.m., whenever, you'll show up because it's in your calendar. Pastor Jeremiah, three times a week is with me. He makes it at 12 noon. I'm like, why 12 noon, Dr. Millie Workday? He's like, because it's not convenient. <laughs> He's like, I need to have the discipline to do the things that are most important because I know that my physical strength and energy that I get from the gym and you are going to allow me to write the prolific work that I want to write. So I'm going to schedule it in the worst part of my day, 12 noon. I'm like, that's pretty brilliant. That's an 82 year old man who is trying to change the world and he does it. Rory, I have a nutritionist myself. Wait, you're a coach, you're a trainer, you're a speaker. All the Yeah, I need the accountability. I need to have my meals delivered because if I don't, I don't eat lunch because I get too busy. So it's the accountability. So how do you do it? If you like show up while well, I'm not showing up, then hire a coach or a trainer or an accountability coach like myself to say, get your booty to the gym. I'm going to follow up with a text. And did you get there? You either did it or you didn't. And if you want to perform at the level you say you want to, then you better show up. I have a guy I once trained named Jacques Césaire. He came with me the first year, a small college, Division three. He said, man, I want to make it one year in the NFL. I said, that's all we got to do, Jacques, show up every day for the next three months. Jacques Césaire made it in his first season. Jacques played 12 more seasons in the NFL. He's now coaching in the NFL. But it's like the extreme discipline to show up when you don't feel like showing up. And if you don't, I'm going to text you. I'll come get you out of bed if I have to. Like show up and do the things that you say you want to do because there's nothing worse than you tell me you want to be great. It's like I tell my kids. I got three kids. Don't tell me you want to be great. Like do the work. Show up and do that because the last I checked is that you know a lot of people have talent, but not everyone wants to work for that. So I always say that hard work beats talent when talent don't work. A lot of talented people out there. If you can match talent with hard work, watch out. You can do whatever you want. You can take your business to the next level. You can recapture the essence of you. You can get your edge back in life. So to me, what I'm finding is a lot of 40, 50, 60 somethings right now that have lost that edge. I'm like, get your edge back, get your life back. Because man, if you feel like you're drowning or you're struggling, you're overwhelmed, you're burnt out, man. Now's the time to reset, recalibrate. Mm -hmm. Todd, where do you want people to go if they want to connect with you and learn more about what you're up to? 
Website's probably the easiest way, toddurkin.com, toddurkin.com. I got all, everything that we do is on the website. I've got a podcast, the Todd Durkin Impact Show. It's my way of getting people to get fired up because the motivational aspect is one thing. And uh, I'm on social media, Rory. I love Instagram. <laughs> I love Instagram. I'm I'm on that all the time. You can always DM me. But my website has all the opportunities. Bottom line is this, motivation's in the head, inspiration's in the heart. So motivation dries up if you don't constantly feed your mind, the, you know, fertilizer and get that mind right by listening to good messages and listening to pods and getting your workouts in. You got to protect your dome. You got to protect your dome. And if you don't, you're going to slowly follow down the abyss of depression and, and anxiety. And you feel like everything is like caving in on you. That doesn't have to be the case. And I say, get your mind right, get your mind right, get your mind right. Change it today. Change it today and make it part of your mission. We talk about a, a meaningful mission is make it your mission to get your mind right, get your heart right, get your soul right. And when you get all those things aligned, then you can recapture the essence and the mojo that maybe you're really striving to do. Yeah. Well, brother, I appreciate the inspiration and the injection. I feel like you fire me up and I love that you're helping people get their mind right. Thanks for sharing a little bit of that with us. And we wish you the best. Good luck to you, man. Thank you, Rory. You as well. Thanks so much. That's all we've got for this episode of the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. But here's some great news. One of the most valuable things you can do to help us and other new potential listeners to find our show is for you to both rate this show and leave a review. So as a special bonus for you, if you leave us a comment in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen, take a screenshot of your review and email it to podcast at brandbuildersgroup.com. We will give you free 30-day access to 25 of our most popular interviews on video in your own private members-only area. So go right now, rate us, review us, and then send a screenshot of it into podcast at brandbuildersgroup.com. And we'll get you set up with free access to our most popular video interviews all in one place. Also, just please share, share, share this podcast with anyone who you think might enjoy it. And until next time, remember that building a business isn't nearly as valuable as building a reputation. 